Stepping down from the train, Colonel Andrew Lawrence Keene looked about with an approving smile. We've come a long way, Colonel. Andrew looked over his shoulder and grinned at Hans Schuter, his old sergeant major with the 35th Maine and commander of the armies of the Republic of Rus. That we have, Hans. That we indeed have. Just how far have we come? he wondered. He found that his thoughts turned back to Earth less frequently of late. If given the choice now of returning, he knew what the answer would be for himself, and that thought brought him a deep sense of satisfaction. It had been nearly a year and a half since victory over the Tugars, and what a world of change they had wrought since then. And thank God above all else there had been peace, the first he had really known in over five years. Stepping back from the train, Andrew shaded his eyes from the red glare of the sun and looked back westward. Though he had never been out west, he imagined that this must be how it looked. The prairie grass was nearly waist-high, shifting and flowing like waves upon the sea as the warm summer breeze flowed across the endless steppe. The air was awash with the scent of wildflowers, which dotted the rolling hills with exuberant splashes of lavender, yellow, and brilliant reds. The warm breeze rippling past him was so fresh and pure that he felt that if there had ever been a Garden of Eden, this is what it must have been like. Turning to look northward, he could see the rising fur-clad hills a dozen miles away, the southern edge of the great woods which he imagined must march off for thousands of miles to a mysterious land he knew he would never see. Chuck Ferguson, his ever-inventive engineer, had calculated several months back that the world they were on was nearly the same size as Earth, some 22,000 miles around. It had been an ingenious experiment. Using one of the new accurate clocks that they had recently started to turn out, he had measured the position of the noonday sun back in Suzdal, and with another clock set to the first one, his assistant had measured the angle at precisely the same time here, nearly 500 miles east. Ferguson claimed he had learned the trick from an account of Eratosthenes, an ancient Greek who had done the same thing 2,000 years ago. But there was still the world straight ahead, and some day, maybe twenty years hence, the train line they were building would completely encircle the world. Andrew looked appraisingly at the steam engine Malady before him. It was named after yet another hero of the Tugar War. No finer tribute, he thought wistfully, looking at the Medal of Honor painted beneath the dead engineer's name. If only Malady were here to appreciate all of this. Andrew thought wistfully. Malady and the two hundred other boys from the 35th Maine and 44th New York Battery, and after all most of them had only been boys, who had given their lives in the war to make Rus free from the Tugar scourge. The engine was the best one built so far, on the larger three-and-a-half-foot gauge which they had decided would be the standard size for the rail line until the current frenzy of emergency development had passed. It was still smaller than the wider gauge back on Earth, but there had to be a trade-off, given the limited resources available as of yet, and the need to have a lighter rail to conserve on iron. How many tens of thousands of tons have we gone through so far on this insanely wonderful project? 
he wondered as he looked back westward to where the rails finally vanished on the far horizon. He knew if he shot the question to John Mina, his chief of industry, the man could give the figures to the nearest pound. Smiling, he looked up to see Mina stepping down from the train. The stress of the war was long gone, and the colonel, being recently married to a cousin of Cal's, was already showing some additional weight from his wife's typical Rus cooking.